Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. People don't know, but uh, Papayin sugar is a euphemism for fellatio. Some people don't. <laughs> Welcome to Behind the Sins, presented by Cinema Sins. <laughs> Welcome to Behind the Sins, a weekly look at everything going on inside the world of Cinema Sins. I'm Aaron Dyson. I'm joined as always by Jonathan Watkins. Hello, hello. And Danae Hughes. I am not leveling up my D&D character right now. We write for I'm- Cinema Sins and TV Sins and do various other things inside the Cinema Sins universe as well. All right, I guess I'm- we each have to list the things we're not doing right now. Um, okay. yeah. I am not spitting in a spittoon. Uh, okay. I mm-hmm. am not wiping pizza sauce off the tip of my nose. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. I'm Jonathan, also- what are you not doing? <laughs> Uh, I am not getting a massage. I'm not not turning into a monkey on Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, man. uh, So those two things, one of them you will probably hear about in the outtakes. One of them you will only hear about if you're a member because Danae talks about her uh, career as a massage therapist in our members only show. Yeah. (laughs) So you're not privy to those stories uh, unless you support. I like your salty balls. What is that sketch on SNL? What is that? <laughs> Shweaty. Shweaty balls. Thank you. Salty. Yeah. <laughs> Good God. Suck on my chocolate salty balls. I also learned massage. Put them in your mouth and suck them. Sorry. Massage clinic professional, massage parlor, maybe not. A That's new lesson. I, I've learned. A new lesson for uh, for Jonathan, yeah. uh, which is always a good one to have. <laughs> so, if you want to hear any of that, now's a great time to say you should be a member. You can be a member hey, of CinemaSins. What level membership do you have to be to get the bonus podcast? Every CinemaSins member gets the bonus podcast. Okay. So, you right. to say to get the massage. <laughs> that's well. That's the way up membership right there. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's. That's an unlisted. That's a super secret unlisted membership right there. <laughs> what did Chris say that one time? Is that like the million dollar a month? Right. Yeah. Like yeah. That? Something like that. Uh, anyhow, uh, we are excited to uh, tell you all about all the fun stuff from this past week in the universe of the Sinan. And uh, we'll get right into it. Let's get into the Sin Side Scoop. What's he building in there? 
going to take a look at the videos from the week. The process of sending them, how we felt about the stuff we're sending in general. And uh, we'll start with TV Sins in finishing up the Rick and Morty run with Star Mort Return of the Jerai. Uh, how are you guys <laughs> feeling about that? Like how that it's over? You know, that's a good question. We can probably start with that because it was a little bit of an experiment for us, uh, both in the fact that I am now doing narration on the channel. And so we started with these Rick and Morty episodes and doing that as well as sending something that just happened. And man, on all accounts, I'm pumped. I think it went really well. It had a lot of fun. Uh, people seem to really enjoy it. I am already looking forward to what is that next opportunity to send stuff as it happens. I honestly, maybe I'm just like kind of in the moment right now. I feel like it might be the future of the channel in some ways where the stuff we're sending is the new stuff, you know, what? and then every once in a while we'll go back and do a pilot of an old show or that kind of thing. I don't know. It's just something really activating I mean about it. Yeah, and you, I mean, I mean, you know, Corona kind of. It, I don't, I don't know when there's going to be consistently new television. It kind of feels like you know we were looking at like August. There's definitely not as much new stuff coming out over the next couple of months. Yeah. Um. So we'd probably have to wait till that happens. But yeah, I mean, it would have to be a very specific show. I mean, I don't think we'll be doing this for like Chicago PD. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to guess uh, that's not one we're going to be tackling. It's interesting uh, because you kind of look. It, it almost it. It's almost like um, recap culture. I don't know if you've ever seen like YouTube channels that do episode mm -hmm. recaps of you know popular shows, uh, written recaps. A lot of uh, blogs will do that kind of thing. Uh, uh, I think of TV Without Pity as you know one of the most famous examples of that kind of thing. So there is a world where it would be possible in some way if we could figure it out where we would send you know episodes of America's Got Talent every week as the new episode happened. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's just this kind of thing where it's like it's kind of in the public consciousness right now for a certain group of people who would love to hear about all the mistakes and the, all the stupidity of reality. To, you know what I mean? There's just yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of interesting options that opens up and I'm not saying we're going to do any of that. It's just nice to expand our idea of what's possible with sending television and yep. I think it really really achieve that today what did you think uh i really love when an idea becomes reality and then it went well and so it feels really good it feels like it was a really good experiment a good project a good test of our team so for me my excitement is not even about like the content it's like it's more what we were able to accomplish as a group because there were concerns going in like are we going to be able to do this and and now we sort of have tested our metal a little bit, not only as the writers and as a new narrator, but even the editing team, like being able to turn a video around and work together quickly. I wonder if it's always going to be like something that we can continue to keep up. I think for the short run, it was a really good experiment and we should do what I always think about doing after a project ends, which is, okay, let's go back. Let's talk about what went well, what didn't go well, what we do differently. And, but I think it was a major success from a project level. And also it was fun too, because we got to have more people see our work because our content was really relevant in the moment. And so people were um, finding it in a different way for the first time. The, uh, the quickest of the five was 72 hours air to upload. And that's exciting. The, the idea that we could have, and you may not realize that because we posted them the Monday after. So they, they all mm -hmm. posted about eight days after air, but a couple of them were ready like that Wednesday night, 
slash Thursday morning, you know, and yeah. that's exciting to know that we can turn around a good video in three days from air. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. Right. Well, can we do also, it? everything had to be done immediately, which was, which mm-hmm. was daunting, but also when it was done, it felt really good. Cause you're like, Oh, I'm, you know, I'm not dragging that out over like three or four days. And <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, a, and, it's a super different experience because from yeah. writing to editing, it, it comes to the front and sometimes in our flow just you know you're here for the show to listen to behind the scenes stuff but sometimes we'll have movies that have to be done immediately and they are a priority over everything so i would wonder if we had multiple you know um immediately do a main channel a content that needed to have editing and, and eyeballs on it if that would ever interrupt the flow of us being able to do something so turnaround the immediacy was intimidating for me not only because i had to watch it and turn it in on monday um and and that sometimes i think would be difficult if we had a lot of other scripts that were due or projects that were going on so the immediacy of it isn't yeah it's probably my least favorite part but it feels really cool to be so relevant and so that's the level of work that we know we can do and i think it went really well yeah um would, would I want to do it every single week? I don't know. <laughs> but because we have a writing team, the workload was, you know, um, even really nicely kind of spread out amongst us. And we had mm-hmm. Chris writing regularly. So mm-hmm. uh, he actually had stuff to say about this episode, too. So whenever you're ready, we'll just jump on in. Yeah, let's start cool. with our thoughts on the episode. Uh, this was an Atkinson Watkins script. So Chris and Jonathan were the main writers on this. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, what Chris have to say about this episode, the final episode of season four. I'm going to ask Aaron before I do this, can you start to like modulate my voice and like post, you know, to where I have some sort of no. cool like reverb? Oh, okay, okay. I mean, I can. I just don't want to. <laughs> oh, okay. 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 <laughs> uh, he said Rick Turn of the Jerry is the Jerry. most. Jerry. 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 Sorry. Sorry. Jerry. No, That's just my being bad. Silly. Is the most sell outingest episode in their history with Wrangler, Shoney's, and of course Wendy's making an appearance. And they tend to do a decent job of making that funny. Overall, it's not a great episode, but it'll do. I'm hoping that now that everything is more stable, they'll do a bang up job next season. My favorite thing I picked up on this episode is how the alien ship looking for Beth finds Morty on a football field. A completely random sport for him to be at that moment in time, but can't find Beth, who is at the therapy session. I love that sin, too. Yeah, it's um, a good one. And the ultimate reasoning for that is so that Summer and Morty can have a ship to save the day later. Yep. Yeah, I uh, I think I like this episode more than Chris. Um, but again, I, I... And you know what it is? I think of the way this episode ends is the kind of thing that I like when this show does, where it actually attempts, despite its silliness... To be a little more meaningful and a little more deep. There's some depth towards the end of the show about Rick's relationship with his daughter, or daughters, I guess in this case, uh, that that I like. I like when the show kind of wades into that stuff. And so I, I came away from it liking a little bit more. What yeah, about you, Jonathan? Yeah, I thought Jonathan? it was okay. Yeah, I thought it was fine. Um, I think I'm kind of, maybe like about like Chris. I don't know. Maybe I liked it a little more. Um, I, 
I wasn't particularly, I don't know. I thought it was fine. I, I saw in the comments, especially a lot of people seemed to really, really like this episode and thought it was a great like ending to a season, I guess, for a lot of people that's been kind of uneven. Um, I didn't get that out of it, but um, I definitely laughed a lot. So. Yeah. yeah, at the very least, it's always funny. Uh, yeah, and, and I got the feels life. at the end. I thought they handled that pretty well. We actually got a few people asked why we didn't take a cent off for that. I, I, I it never that actually never came up. Like neither one of us really wrote anything in that area. Well, um, as Danae is famous for saying, we're not cinema. Remove the sins. We're cinema. We're cinema. Sin- we're cinema sinners. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Danae, why don't you lead us into the video itself with uh, any thoughts you may have on the episode as you picked up from? I'm again. I'm just assuming everybody can take a drink. You didn't watch the full episode? No. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your thoughts as you watch the, the video. It was funny because the very first sin is about how we forgot that her name wasn't Pam. <laughs> and we, I wrote, that was my mistake. I wrote her name as Beth's name as Pam uh, in my script last week. And then it went through a combine process. wasn't caught. <laughs> it got all the way through the first pass of our our editing nobody saw it and then all of a sudden i'm just going uh, like i was sitting there i'm like wait who the fuck is pam (laughs) (laughs) and so we had to ask for a pickup pretty like last minute because i i'm thank god i found it like can you imagine if the video had gone out and we called her pam well we've done it we've certainly called characters the wrong name in a couple of our videos recently even in this even in this episode um i wrote that sin about you know he had impregnated a planet it it happens twice and he actually didn't impregnate the planet he fucked the planet right uh uh, which is what i should have wrote but i wrote impregnate but then once again i mean that went through a few different people and yeah and, had, like, and I mean, it's fine. It I had mean, nothing to do with the actual con, like the actual sin. Like it didn't change no. the sin at all, but it's just yeah. an incorrect way of saying it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. But, and, but the and Pam thing, like that's major. Yeah. And it, so it's funny to me that the very first sin is about the show thinking that she's sort of this like throwaway name. And then we had the mm-hmm. same thing happen. I yeah. love that little yeah, crossover. That, was, that yeah, was pretty nice. fun for me. Um, so, you know, I'm picking up the content of this episode as I'm watching the Sins video. And so I'm realizing this whole thing is about a clone. So I love pointing out this should have been called Clone Wars. I thought that was super clever. Um, and then the the Sin about, uh, like, did you miss Earth? I'm a clone. And then the question was, you know, do you miss Earth? And then, like, the person takes an opportunity to say, like, I'm a clone. And pointing out in the sinful way that... You're getting plot information through a question that wasn't even related to that. Yeah. And it got me thinking about how much that happens in what we watch, where somebody asks a question and the writers take an opportunity to sort of loopity loop their way to some sort of plot mm-hmm. convenience or exposition yeah. of some kind that they or, or a clue that they want you to know about. Um and I just thought that was kind of an interesting thing to maybe look out for in the future, more specifically. You know, so there's some sins that we sort of hone in on really easily. And that one's a little bit more mental gymnastics because you there's a question and then it goes someplace. You have to stop and go, was that even related to the question that was asked? Mm-hmm. So I really liked that one. I thought it was a little clever uh, find. Uh, and then the Levi versus Wranglers for planet destroying <laughs> collaborations was another one of my the ones that I like to chuckle that I liked the whole thing. A lot of them were even the ones that uh, Chris mentioned. I also really enjoyed too. I just like doing silly stuff like that. Just like doing a throwaway line. Like that feels more like a leave, I think. And like not explaining. I yeah. mean, cause there's nothing, there's, and there's nothing to it. Like, I mean, I'm not, you mm-hmm. know, but it's just, I like when Chris lets me keep those. in. <laughs> no, I had, 
I had that marked as one of my favorites too. Uh, that really feels more like a Levi thing. Uh, I also like any time with this show where we're just like uh, mentioning that the show justifies basically anything that happens in this universe. And in this case, it was the Rick probably did something where messes clean themselves up in some other dimension or something. Yeah, uh, that made me laugh. Uh, I I I can't believe we have an irreversible. Uh, uh, mention in this episode the show gives me irreversible irreversible flashbacks that was Chris uh, so in Danae in case this means nothing to you uh, if we decided to explain this to you it would be another the mist uh, moment oh. uh, time I've actually, I've actually never seen the movie so I don't I know I know that I know it's dark <laughs> so uh, that's I've, putting it lightly yes I've kind of avoided it I, that director I've never wanted to venture into his filmography uh, I also really enjoyed the ghost of Alderaan is pissed uh, that made me laugh <laughs> so hard uh, and it's such a perfect way to get out of that sin uh, I yeah this is this is really fun I enjoyed it a lot what about you Jonathan anything else you wanted to mention um, from the I just enjoyed I really the thing about the i enjoyed talking about the bullshit with the portal gun i've never understood that portal gun and i don't think it matters i mean in the grand scheme of things i don't think the show cares they're just gonna have him use it whenever he needs to mm-hmm. yeah but uh that was just a moment where you could kind of call it out and i love that we have um a president that you can use his name as a verb um <laughs> i'm i'm uh i'm using that a lot these days because it's just so right there <laughs> yeah for the taking yeah um, and that's that's always fun. <laughs> I feel like future generations are going to think that's where the word came from. I feel like there's there's. <laughs> no, I'm not even kidding. Like you, like, like, there's like, such a like if somebody says, Trump's "Oh, you're trying to gonna... trump me on that," I feel like they're going to believe yeah. that came from Donald Trump being <laughs> that's president. So funny. hundred years from now. Uh, yeah. I know you. You very well. You might be completely right. That's just funny. And then there's going to be someone like in the future that's like you, Aaron, who's going to have this <laughs> what is it, like a lexicon the etymology of, of every word. Yeah, etymology. Be like, well, actually, trumping used to mean like one upping or like being the top. <laughs> yeah, that was, that um, but was now, me in college. By but the way, now it's a negative a connotation. Now, when you're trumped, it means that you've been trolled or you're racist. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's how I was saying I was a dick in college, which. Find out more about that on the bonus pod on Patreon. (laughs) (laughs) To be our go-to statement. Uh, Anything else you wanted to mention, Jonathan? Uh, No, no. That you guys mentioned all the other stuff, but it was fun. Uh, It was like you know we've already kind of talked about that, but it was fun. It's kind of kind of sad and cool that it ended. I'm kind of sad it's over. I kind of miss that rush every week of getting that script ready and everything. So yeah, now I'm gonna have to go back to cocaine. And there is no commentary in, in a bonus pod about that. So if you want to learn more about his cocaine problem, <laughs> write to us at the Patreon. <laughs> write to us at what is Jonathan's cocaine issue at cinemasins.com. No, I really, I really had a cocaine problem. You'd feel really bad right now. Let's move on to The Simpsons. You only move twice. Uh, classics in uh, Simpsons episode. Simp- so we did some more Simpsons. Some Simpsons. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we actually had many comments about how did we not do that. And did you see those comments? Oh, I had put that in the description. Isn't in that where where those comments come oh. from? In the comments, I had said Simpsons. Uh, I think, or in the description, I had said Simpsons. So, so now we know. I never read the description. the description. That's what I tweet. Don't. I tweeted out. I I took that for the tweet too. So, if we really want to tell people something, it should be in a pinned comment, not not in the description, because people don't often read those descriptions. Um, but yeah. 
You only move once. Uh, this was a Dicer Hughes script. Danae and I wrote on this one. Uh, this is the episode that is pretty much uh, Albert Brooks voicing a Bond villain that Homer goes and works for, but of course doesn't realize he's working for a Bond villain because he's an idiot. Uh, <laughs> and it is it is one of the most fun Simpsons ev- episodes ever. I really I, love this episode. I don't remember this episode because I didn't work on this one and I didn't watch it before I watched the video. And I was watching the video just trying to find something that would click but like i just i do i I mean i maybe i'm sure i saw it i feel like i watched like the first like 10 seasons pretty much all the way through but um i just did not remember it albert brooks obviously has been on done various characters on the show i believe this is uh he's so perfect in this and he's so great and and part of the the fun is how much he improvises and brings out of the other characters and it's it's just a good time today what did you think because you're not you're not like a simpsons completist or anything you've seen an episode here or there i'm sure but sure yeah um yeah i've seen i've seen episodes so i'm familiar with like the general vibe of each character um but it was really interesting to to send this one i don't know enough about the simpsons but i found it really hard to believe that they would want to move back to springfield after being in this new place so um i was like a little bit disappointed that it was such an eat like it was such a weird just oh we want to go back home because we have allergies and we send this in, in the episode we have allergies and i'm not having fun in school and that's just so that seemed weird to me even though i haven't seen a lot of simpsons so i wasn't sure if maybe that was more realistic than i knew about well the weirdest one and and maybe it is true but the weirdest one is march right like just like my life's too easy can we please go back to where my life is harder (laughs) right like oh god forbid you can sit down and drink a glass of wine every day and have nothing to do Uh, yeah it just seemed it just seemed like a far stretch but then of course there's a there's a villain and that's a far stretch as well and this is a cartoon we're supposed to have fun with it and so i did i had a lot of fun with it i also had a lot of fun sinning it and um, I had fun doing research on it. Um, and I actually, you guys are fun. It's funny. So I was doing my outtake uh, like run on an upcoming script. And so oftentimes I'll watch, you know, crazy clips on YouTube trying to find something that matches up with the outtake that I'm looking for. And during one of these moments, there was this guy strapped to a table with a laser kind of going up the table and he was wearing like a suit and there was an evil guy and they were kind of in this business thing and i was like oh <laughs> you know the bond reference that you just made i had no idea that was a bond that's reference. one of my favorite bond movies it's a uh, goldfinger no idea what it was i've never seen goldfinger like i kind of got the vibe from watching the simpsons so i sort of knew mm-hmm. what they were doing of course but i didn't understand how like much of an exact reference it was until I was like, wait a second, the Simpsons did that. <laughs> well, you, yeah, I was going to no. say, you've probably seen many parodies of that too. Like Austin Powers, I know, did it. And uh, many I just don't remember. People, yeah, I don't remember it. Infamous moment. So I, I kind of was like, yeah, duh, that was duh. But it was really, really fun and I enjoyed it a lot. So. Jonathan, why don't you kick us off uh, with some of the stuff you enjoyed from the video? Uh, yeah, no, I um, the store has a baby setting in its scanner. I thought that was hilarious that you guys pointed that out, that that was like the real problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have no grass. We have grass. I love stuff like that. I thought that was very <laughs> funny. Um, that was a much, is... much longer sin, I'll tell you. <laughs> oh, much, really? much, 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 much longer sin <laughs> that got cut down to 
Oh, are we going to talk about that? It's are fine. we going to talk about that? Yeah. Well, what, what's the what's the segment that we have where we can do like comments or like cut stuff? Should I? <laughs> we, we do something like that. Yeah, it's coming up on the show somewhere. Um, she uh, she doesn't know how to pit fart correctly. <laughs> I thought it was very funny. I loved the narrator's obsession where the knife went. <laughs> that kept you guys kept coming back to that. We yeah. both wrote almost identical sins about oh, that missing funny. knife. Uh, that was one of the funniest parts in the combine process was the fact that we both noticed that knife was missing and both yeah. wrote like uh, stories about it being used nefariously. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that was good times. Nice. And I just wanted to say um, I'd be pissed, too, if somebody told me I now own the Denver Broncos. <laughs> fuck the Broncos. So uh, I, felt, I, felt, I felt for Homer when he said the Broncos. What about you, Danae? Um, I... Uh, I liked so much about this one. Um, I could, I liked almost everything about this. Like this one for me just had a lot of fun. It was fun to sin and it was fun to read the script. So, um, I'm just going to point out some comments that I really enjoyed, uh, at Segway 99 said, not going to lie. I was really pulling for a that's racist sin when Bart is in the special class. And the one kid says, I moved here from Canada and they put me in here because I think I'm slow. Eh? I, that's that comment. And the many, many others on YouTube blew my mind with how much people know this show and how much fun they were having with it. Um, like, And then there's people who are like, nothing is wrong with it. It's fantastic. It's a, my favorite episode. It's perfect in every way. Followed by a thank you for sending this. This is my favorite episode. Just the reception of it and how people how different, react. Yeah to things being sent like for us it's an honor to send something but some people get all did you guys get any flack for the collection box i didn't i didn't read no i don't oh that's good i don't think so i didn't because that was a conversation i remember having Mm -hmm. um i really liked the fart joke that helped jeremy cheer up from depression enough so that he could remove a sin uh that was a really that was a really fun (laughs) one to see people comment on um as Mm -hmm. well and that was actually so many people mentioned that one that they thought that it was just funny that 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 that's the sin off or that was the moment that we choose to give back and we did get some flack for not having anything in the the sequence when there's the whole act like attacking and like the whole bond moment where they're coming in to the secret lair and they're fighting Mm -hmm. and everything um so everybody kind of pointing out that that's because that part was perfect and couldn't be sinned so we're not we're not cinema remove a sin so that's right that's right we well we do, but we like to do it in a trolley way if we if we can if it's possible for us to do that. But yeah, I, I like I could mention specific ones all day, so I'll just def- defer back to you. Yeah, I had a fun time with this. Uh, I did a search for northern reticulated chipmunks and found out they didn't exist. Uh, but rather mm-hmm. than sending them not existing, I send that they were extinct, which uh, I thought was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, doing the research on Christopher Columbus popularizing the hammock, uh, which was fascinating to me. I'm, it was invented by probably, again, I think we mentioned this in the sin that it's of some dispute, but uh, native populations uh, in North America seem to have invented it but christopher columbus uh popularized it um so any chance to send columbus uh i enjoyed doing that and uh yeah you guys mentioned pretty much everything else i had other than that's frogist uh which i I wanted (laughs) to mention uh because not a lot of people know that that frog is a term for uh, french people so yeah i didn't know that i did i I did want to mention because i forgot like i i really enjoyed researching the layout of the simpsons house to prove that they're fireplace wouldn't have fall fallen down in that direction another one we both did yeah another another one we both researched yeah 
Um, there, I did a lot of research on this one. I think, you know, we both, we both did. I did another one about the whole URL thing, like, because I didn't understand the joke when it got to the part on the episode as to why that was a thing. Because when it was written, when, when the Simpsons episode came out, it was a ridiculous idea to think that a, a school would have a website because websites just right not everybody had one so it was a ridiculous joke because everyone's like yeah right like who would have a website but now it's so <laughs> every school has a website so yep. it's one of those where the the joke didn't like keep going you know yeah. didn't keep going it aged out uh it yeah it, it shifted over time so that was really fun to research and then i have another one that i researched that i'll talk about in keeping tabs no yeah yeah no yeah no no yep mm-hmm. and on that note We'll move on to music video sins. Can we can we move on to music video sins? Let's oh, do no. it. Uh, Harry Styles, Watermelon Sugar. Uh, let's see. This is a song, Watermelon of, sugar. song about uh, Cunnilingus. So uh, fun times. Let's talk about it. Uh, let's let Barrett start uh, on this since he wrote it. Watermelon Sugar is a bad song. Is that? Is that a, no. Okay. <laughs> no, um, no we we're talking work. about some weird, uh, some weird things today. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, Barrett said Watermelon Sugar is a bad song. I have to admit. But there's just something so endearing about Harry Styles that he makes it work. Uh, Very similar to Justin Timberlake. The only thing that really bugged me about this video was how he was eating the watermelon slices. (laughs) (laughs) Given that this is a blatant allusion to cunnilingus, the voracious ways he tears into the fruit should be horrifying (laughs) to any potential partners. (laughs) By the way, I looked up a lot of synonyms for oral sex on on a vulva edifying stuff anyway looks like everyone had fun on the set and the song's not worth not the worst thing i've ever heard feels like feels like we needed to get barrett on the show this week for keeping tabs and have him list off some uh some euphemisms for oral sex uh i had never is watermelon sugar uh that's not like a common euphemism that's just something not that i'm aware th- of this, this but uh, i didn't know what a massage parlor was so <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think the- got to cancel that appointment. By the way, when I get off, yeah. I, I think <laughs> when you get off, uh, or oh, <laughs> oh god damn it, boom. god damn it. Uh, I I actually kind of like this song, like the melody of it. I found it catchy. I enjoyed and the chorus. We're going to play a game. Uh, Danae and I are going to take bets on whether or not you like or dislike a song. I will be wrong every week <laughs> well i mean sure the the subject matter is raunchy but i mean or oh, no it's not that um i just i i don't know just based on what you said about like even like last week's song i just thought you'd be like it's a little too simplistic yeah yeah i, don't, I, don't, I, I can't weird, do man. an air impression i'm sorry <laughs> no please keep trying <laughs> uh what did you guys think would think about the song because it sounds like i i was confused because i had read some of what barrett was saying in like behind the scenes like in the, in our chat rooms mm-hmm. uh, and our chat channels about um like his research saying like, like well i just did this and so i was like oh okay what's this video gonna be about and then i watched the video and yeah it was uncomfortable <laughs> for me as a woman i imagine it would kind of be teeth. like there's a lot of there's teeth. a lot there's so much teeth and i imagine it's kind of like i don't know maybe like if you see somebody get racked in a movie and you sort of have that phantom reaction in your own body where you feel the pain yourself in a way i don't know if that's ever oh, happened rack, to you guys like, like kicked mm-hmm. yeah yeah you've yeah, yeah, been yeah. kicked in the yeah. balls and, yeah. and so you see it happen in a movie you're like ooh. so yeah i just had a lot of uncomfortable m- memories <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying no never mind anyway um, <laughs> I thought I thought this song was terrible. 
<laughs> did you? Yes. Well, I did. I, I did some terrible. I did some looking because I was like, why is it? You know, why watermelon? And there was something that said that like the emoji doubles, kind of like how the eggplant emoji doubles as a penis. The watermelon emoji doubles as a reference to sexual activity. Ah, I, didn't, I didn't know that. Really? I, of course, I didn't. I, that's what I read uh, on the interwebs, and they never lie on the interwebs. So. No. We have to nope. believe it. No, nope. I thought it was, but just it was a like reference a, to how you eat slices of watermelon. It was like a. It was. I did like watermelon sugar slang, and there was just like a little pop up that just said the emoji can double as a reference to sexual activity. I'm hmm. not. I'm not oh, saying oh, bite. I wrote down. I wrote this down. Or a quote unquote crude appreciation for a woman's curves, and I'm like, a watermelon doesn't have curves. It's just. A, oh, that's about the idea of like melons. That's that's what that's oh, talking about. Okay, okay, quote unquote okay. melons. I, I oh, that makes sense. I mean, I'm not saying there can't be like some playful biting involved, but like just yeah, I would imagine that would be a little weird once you know what it's about, Danae. Like you're sitting there, <laughs> just like, oh my god, like no, don't yeah, do if that. I, if I had watched this video and even the sins video without having any idea about barrett's research or or what's going yeah. on i probably would have made it all the way through until he starts being like this is a reference to cunnilingus and i'd be like whatever it's not and <laughs> uh, but because i went in knowing everything was just like all right this is this is weird same, so same. I, <laughs> I don't know if i have like much to add to it um i do have like some favorite sins that i wrote down but that's my general thoughts so. Yeah, maybe it, maybe it means that you know I've been doing it wrong my whole life. I don't. Know. <laughs> no, 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 no! Don't do that! Don't do what you saw in this. <laughs> I can I can assure you, I would be like, "What, honey? The fuck are you I doing? watched an instructional video from Harry Styles. <laughs> Tell me this how this feels." Like I, and I don't even like watermelon, so <laughs> like actual watermelon. Yeah, you you, oh, oh, oh. you and DJ Khaled both uh, don't no, like watermelon. No, no, no. Uh, no. All right, let's move into the sins themselves. Uh, Danae, you had Aaron's mentioned trying to make me sound like a whore. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm really not. Uh, Danae, you had mentioned you had some sins you wanted to talk about, so why don't you start? Uh, I really like the um, spreading God knows what in addition to the really bad stuff. And just the clever, the, mm-hmm. the cleverness of that. Uh, anytime BTS is mentioned, I'm like, oh, it's our podcast. So there's a sin in here about BTS, and I was like, oh, it's our podcast. And it's not. It's not. No. <laughs> band. no, we're kind of, we're kind of like, for now, we're like third on the list of what BTS usually stands for. Like, it's, it's What's first, second? The, the second is behind the, behind the scenes. Like right, people right, use yeah, hashtag yeah, yeah, yeah. BTS on anything that's behind the scenes, and it's yeah, like, yeah. yeah. And then there's us. So yeah. and there's us. Um, and then I let's see let, which one ones we already talked about the techniques that are going on. <laughs> uh oh, he did this series of yay, we're young and attractive and horny, and we know Harry Styles. Like just his whole <laughs> I had that delivery of that yeah. sin. I laughed genuinely on that one. Uh, but the one that I had to actually pause and just be like, good God, was uh, the, so by now we know the song is about cunnilingus. So ladies, as hot as he is, do you want to look down and see this face when it's happening? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, I had to pause and be like, oh, Lord. <laughs> and then I had to ask myself, would I? <laughs> no. Like, like, I Thank just... you, Barrett. I am now pondering this deep conversation, <laughs> yeah. this deep thought about like, the world. Do I want? Do I want Harry Styles down there? And, right. Uh, do I want him giving me that look? You know. Right. Funny enough, uh, Harry Styles uh, is something that happens down there. Um, so <laughs> yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a choice. 
<laughs> what about you, Jonathan? Uh, what did, what sins did uh, what uh, sins the only up to you? one that Danae didn't mention? I, I don't I don't think I heard you say this one was the um, just the where it was all the women and he was just like, is he supposed to do this to all of them? <laughs> and my favorite part about that was he's like, because he needs to get it started because he's <laughs> losing light. <laughs> he's gonna run out of daylight. He's <laughs> running out of daylight, and then he said something about his jaw was gonna get sore, and uh, that I just thought that was really funny. Yeah, it is very funny. Um, I yeah, he's he like he's like his jaw is gonna hurt <laughs> like oh my god uh i lost it when he said go jump the hilly brush uh that made me yeah. really laugh uh south park reference mm-hmm. uh and then the i'm this one just slayed me for whatever reason but the idea that there would be a more updated reference about watermelon smashing than gallagher just <laughs> killed me because it's kind of this one-two punch of yeah that's an outdated reference but then the second part that's really funny is yeah what's the more modern reference nobody else is out there smashing watermelons like that is the reference there is no other reference come on uh so yeah i really enjoyed that um made me laugh quite a bit uh let's move on to cinema sins we'll kick it off with the long awaited back to the future three uh people have been wondering uh yeah, why have you Chris done one actually and two? announced this on a patreon yeah uh, he did mean thing remember uh, i do so gotta yeah. be on patreon uh, this Let's was in... talk about Patreon every two minutes. <laughs> Feel free. Feel free. It's a good place. And learn about massages. CinemaSins <laughs> members are the best. Uh, yeah, Atkinson <laughs> Watkins script. So Chris and Jonathan did write on this mm-hmm. one. And I'm curious, what is, Danae, what's your experience with Back to the Future, the, the movies? I don't remember a lot. I think I've watched them all. Um, and I think I like I remember certain things like the train, you know, needing to like the train going over the cliff. I re- I'm like, oh, I remember that. Um, and and the Wild West. <laughs> I think I remember <laughs> okay. part of that. Good. So things you can uh, pick up from the DVD cover. Travel. Got it. There was there was a there was a hoverboard, so that was cool. It was Cl- heavy. Close up, there was a close up of some shoes. Uh huh. So that was that was also cool. No, fuck that hoverboard, man. Robert Zemeckis <laughs> ruined a lot of kids' dreams. Uh, <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> oh my god, trying to make us believe that was real. Yeah, but there's video. Um, but I don't have a like a fan love of these movies, but I know that that is a really fun movie series that was mm-hmm. just it was a little unique. bit before you, right? Yeah, you been well, really yeah, young yeah, when yeah, those yeah. Come out. yeah, 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 um, because you're years old <laughs> that's right i'm sorry i'm sorry it's too many hints too many hints uh no it's your favorite thing to do is try to give hints i know what you're doing um no i i i just i remember it being such a big deal i remember like there being merchandise and you know like the delorean was such a big deal and it being kind of a fun sci-fi kid like you could watch it with your family sort of a vibe and so I can see why it would be a lot of fun. And then it's just, it's fun to see the oh, like the over-the-top mad scientist vibe. Um, Did the Michael J. Fox thing miss you? Like, was he like a, you know, a big... A heartthrob? Yeah, like a heartthrob no. for you growing up or anything? Did you, did you have posters of him on your wall? No, 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 no. No, I, um, my heartthrob was from watching uh, an old video of Freddie Mercury singing from Queen, so... And I wasn't born when I was obviously way so like that was my possibly who knows who knows how old how old you are really oh my god yeah I could be a vampire and be like ageless Mm -hmm. could be could be (laughs) sorry that's not the that's not the sound I want to make again (laughs) Jonathan what's what's your experience with the Back to the Future movies oh 
no, I mean, I, I grew up watching them. Um, I saw all of them in the theater and um, uh, maybe even a few times. And I'm just watched them on cable constantly uh, growing up. Um, I don't know that I'm as big of a fan as Chris. I mean, Back to the Future is his. That's one like, of his things, right? Like, he loves them. I think that's like his favorite movie. Like, that's kind of his go-to favorite movie answer. Yeah, so, yeah, that's what I remember. Um, I, I know, like, he'll say sometimes, like, he'll say Godfather or something sometimes. But, yeah, that's that's typically been his go-to. Uh, uh, but I will say this. Like, I thought it was interesting that, you know, Chris, uh, well, actually, you'll read what Chris has to say. So maybe I'll comment on that later. I prefer two, uh, but I did enjoy this viewing of three because it had really been a long time since I'd seen this one. And I kind of had memories of it being fun, but not much else. And I guess that's the case, but I, I had a lot of fun rewatching it. It was it was a really fun movie to kind of uh, go back to and enjoy again and then get to Senate and uh, just, you know, be a part of that aspect. Because obviously I didn't I didn't do anything with the first two. Those were before I got on the CinemaSense. Uh, writing team so uh, it was it was just it was a blast to work on I, I had a lot of fun with it I also re- realized like just how much just I just love that era of Michael J. Fox yeah that's uh, I was why a huge I mentioned Family it. Ties fan. Yeah, me too. And, uh, me too. Yeah. I, and th- that is the key element of my nostalgia for it is Michael J. Fox. Mm-hmm. I I love that man so much, and it's just really fun to go back and watch those those movies because of his performance in them. I'm partial to the first, as most people are. I I think it's yeah. the most complete film. Absolutely. I think honestly, I see the other two as almost one movie. And I, it's weird because they're very different stories. But I well, know, they were filmed. They were filmed back to back, though. Right, and, and they came out. A, there was a to be continued after the second one. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, I kind of see them as the same. They're both really fun, but just kind of silly and don't mean as much to me as the first one. But yeah, yeah. But but as far as sequels go, I think they're pretty. They're they're pretty stellar as far as you know sequels go, <laughs> especially from that time period where it, sequels weren't as were more money grabs than any. I guess yeah. The best way to I think if I was pushed, I would say I like two better, but it's probably just because there's more fun meta time travel kind of stuff into that appeals to that side of me. But yeah, me too. That's exactly why I enjoy it. But I I like them both. So what did Chris have Mm -hmm. to say today? Uh, Chris said BTTF3, which is not BFG. It's different. Or BTS, Um, any of the versions. Mm -hmm. God, now we're fifth. (laughs) Damn it. Um, Back to the Future 3 used to be known as the quote-unquote better sequel to Back to the Future 2. Wait, what? How did... Wait, okay. I think that's changed over the years, and it's apparent now 30 years later that 2 is the better one. The dumbest thing for me is this movie... Oh, sorry. In this movie is how Doc claims he needs to be anonymous and not change the future. But he sets up a blacksmith shop dead in the dead center of Hill Valley and is active in the community. His decision to help Clara find her house would have immediately changed history. But he forgets to help her on that day. But just so happens to be in the right place at the right time to save her, which changes history anyway. Apparently, the story of an unknown teacher dying in a ravine stayed with Hill Valley residents for over a century. <laughs> yeah, he was really stuck on that. I remember that in the scripting phase. Like, that was something he was really... There might have even been a couple of sins about it. Yeah, I think there's, like, a sin about, like, that the Valley is named something before she was even dead, or maybe was mentioned in there. Anyway, uh, he goes yeah. on to say, that weird ending where Doc's flying time travel train shows up on the tracks right by Marty and Jennifer, who just happened to be at that location in 1985, is baffling 
on so many levels. I have more questions about the ending of BTTF3 than most movies I have ever seen. Very nice. And then he, but he does not list all the questions. I just want to let you guys know <laughs> we're not going to go into a list of questions. Good. Let's go into a list of things we liked about the uh, the video. Um, I, I'll start off on this one. Uh, I really laughed when the movie, when this um, Sins video said, don't be Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3 movie. That just yeah. made me laugh because <laughs> yeah. they were rushing to go back in time. It's like, why are you rushing? you're going back to the same date there's no it's that's one of the weirdest thing with time travel movies is they add this intensity that doesn't have to exist uh the okay the interesting the cave of convenience and then there's another of convenience sin in the next uh one we're going to talk about too but i love that i think that that's a, a really fun way to do that sin um the the whole story about the spittoon and uh not throwing up and then telling the movie theater story mm-hmm. uh that that really made me laugh uh primarily because they mentioned the movie eight seconds which is just the perfect movie to mention <laughs> when you're talking about spit uh glass uh, gasoline versus plutonium was a really interesting conversation to me the idea that all of a sudden this thing runs on gas when that has not been the context in the right. rest of yeah. the movies yeah um the man talking loudly uh about it on the train nothing is more terrible than a man's broken heart uh <laughs> just such a fun way to say that uh that's the power of love man huey lewis would be proud yeah 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 i had that one down too um and then uh and then just the realization of like einstein is already in the train the dog is already in the train but they're just coming to this place like to get einstein but Einstein's already in the train. That's such yeah. a stupid mistake, but it's so... We had some, yeah, we had some back and forth on that. I That really, that confounded me more than it probably should have. Once, once Chris went the direction you're talking about, it made more sense to me. But I was so just... I couldn't, I could not like wrap my head around <laughs> trying to figure out. Yeah. I, I wrote something, but it just didn't work. Yeah. It's a lot of great stuff in this. I'm, I'm really glad we finally got around to cool. sending it. And I hadn't seen the first two in a while. So, and, um, they're like, so the, I, the way they explain time travel in those, like I had kind of forgotten about the idea that like time stops basically once they travel, which is weird. <laughs> Yeah. So I had a few things involving that. I think that's partly where this whole Einstein thing at the end confused me. And then Chris was like, no, yeah, in the first one, you know, they ex- they make it pretty clear that, like, nothing moves forward until they're done doing whatever they're doing, um, which is which is kind of silly. But um, but that's the way they tell it. So that was, you know, that was what we had to work with, I guess. So what about you, Danae? What are some other ones you liked? Um, well, first, I wanted to mention because there, there was a there's a run kind of towards the end about like what happens when someone removes themselves from time period to go to another mm-hmm. and then it sort of like compresses everything sort of down and that's really hard to do uh oftentimes to take a big concept and then like create a sin that goes on for like a paragraph but still manages to keep your attention and i thought that it was written really well you know that mart the only marty that it could be is the one that experienced both back to the future two and back to the future three and that's just like i mean it confused the fuck out of me but i'm like yeah get him (laughs) i'm I'm gonna be honest time to those sins or chris like i I feel like that's like that's chris chris can write a long sin like i think better than any of us in my opinion Um, i'm i'm gonna be honest i was watching that 
And after the first sentence, my brain was like, this sin is about time travel be crazy and you don't have to listen to the rest of it yeah. my brain just shut off for the rest of it i was like yeah time travel movies don't make sense that was that was because he asked me he's like because he made a note he was like he's like read this one like closely like not that i don't read the other ones but he was like i just want you to make sure you're on the same page with me right. like i got confused like i was right. like, oh my god where did i got never thought about this and yeah um we got a tweet cool about job. it at at T Train eighty five said, I just wanted to com- commend whoever wrote the run about the future Marty in part two having to have been in the future Marty from the end of the third, because otherwise he was transplanted out of the timeline at the end of part one. It was simultaneously hilarious, brilliant, and confusing. Yep, Marty <laughs> lost again. Those, so, is, those are sins I just, uh, I just, uh, you know, um, I just go to. Okay, well, Chris is yeah. smarter than me. Let's move on. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's writing that. I'm writing like, look, Marty's headrest disappeared. <laughs> yeah, which is yeah, true. It's valid. <laughs> which is true. I know. Valid. But... Yeah. And Don't I'm take like, my headrest going... in away. I love the headrest in. The, the first, uh, the first thing that I wrote down that I was like, he 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 is Marty is going to outrun a bear here, and somebody didn't do their research. So <laughs> I had like, that one written down. That's, that's a smart one. Like. That was so, um, all the pointing out of the discrepancies, I really, really enjoyed. Uh, the, Marty going to the Prometheus school of running away from things, which is disappointing <laughs> considering how many times he's changed directions. And <laughs> the last two times this happened, so surely he doesn't need a skateboard for every escape. I just thought that was kind of clever, and I like that. Uh, let's see. There was one more I think that I wrote down. Oh, that, that was accents. Um, have I made a comment about this awful <laughs> Scottish accent yet? Wait, they're supposed to be Irish? That's even worse. Like, you know, it's funny because I I just love the Irish and Scottish Scottish accents so much that even if they're horrible, I'm like, oh, that's perfect. That's, yeah, you know, I know, right? It's just like I'm listening to it. I'm going, what a great act. She's doing great. And then Chris is like, that's awful. I'm like, yeah, I guess maybe that's awful, but I loved it. But it was so great. Oh, and then nothing makes your panties drop quicker than a few well-timed Jules Verne quotes. So. <laughs> It's truth. That was me. <laughs> it's truth. Yeah. It's just truth. I I like. Um, I just enjoyed the. We we got to mess around with the. I just the. I one thing about this movie I think that's kind of lacking is that it's another riff on the whole like there's like there's a Biff relative. Yeah. And there's a McFly relative. Like they could have had like a new villain. You know, mm-hmm. like they could have had like a new person in that role. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, brought in like Ed Harris or something. I don't know. <laughs> but not that I dislike the actor that plays Biff, but I. Just I don't know that that all started feeling really repetitive and then like at the end Chris wrote the stuff about you know that whole real about like uh you know this is similar to Marty taking a stand in the first movie and then another another Biff falls into manure and it was just you know all that stuff was just fun my favorite uh, sin that emphasized sin. that was the one where it comes right after they switch their catchphrases and Marty says, great, Scott, and Doc says, heavy, yeah. or whatever. And I think the sin is just another, you know, quote from the movies. Or I just, That was really well done. I also like Chris pointing out that they uh, they put a new scream in for Doc for some reason. <laughs> yeah. And he said it sounded like ear scabies. Yeah. Ear scabies. Um, and then I love the part where Marty's talking about how, like, the, something him and future Doc did on the time machine. And then Chris wrote, what's this wee shit anyway? <laughs> Because uh, clearly Marty had nothing to do with the invention of the time machine. Right. Um, and then, yeah, and I also had that bear thing. That made me, I was dying when I was reading the script when it came up on that part. Um, and then the only other thing I had was they changed history to the point that the cemetery isn't in business anymore. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> there were no grave sites. They were all gone. Yep, yep. That's the, uh, that's the It's a Wonderful Life corollary, the entire cemetery. Oh, yes. uh, 
turns into something else. Uh, all right, let's move on to Serenity. This was a Scott Watkins joint. So once again, Jonathan writing on everything. Jonathan, what yes, and I did what? write both of the of convenience sins, and then probably <laughs> because I wrote these like back to back, so there were just two situations where that popped in my head. Well, I'll just I'll just mention it now uh, too because it's kind of on uh, brand with the two of convenience. But there's also the at Atmo is Obno. Yes, uh, which technically this was the first one. Right, right. Yeah, yeah I remember us talking about that. Uh, so yeah, when that popped up, one. I was like. It is yeah. such a great sin. You know what I did? My brain did. Uh, shouldn't it be Abna because it's obnoxious? But actually, <laughs> but actually, atmosphere is also that way, right? Like yeah. calling yeah. at it yeah. should be Atma. Why don't you go Atma. comment about that on YouTube? <laughs> uh, let's talk about the movie itself uh, first. Let's hear what Jeremy had to say uh, today. What did Jeremy have to say about Serenity? He said, "Good movie, not as great as I want it to be." But a fine approximation of the show. Recently caught a marathon of the show after writing The Sins. The show is so good. So much potential for long-term stuff. The movie's big failing is that it very much... Uh, that it is very much a condensed rehashing of the show's only season. So fans of the show don't quite get enough new stuff, and new viewers are given so much information it's daunting, especially the triple fake-out openings. Though there is a nice one-shot or two in the film. Uh, is it Chuwetel? What? Chuwetel Oh, I don't know how to say his name, actually. Chuwetel Ejiofor. Yes. Chuwetel? Mm-hmm. Chuwetel. Chuwetel. Chuwetel is... Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't that know guy. what to do. Chuiatel Edgy Four. Chuiatel Chuiatel. It's one of those two, yeah, or or a combination there's, of them. There's there's no like there's there's no way to know how to pronounce this guy's name, and I'm just gonna say I'm sorry. I'm gonna say Chuiatel. Okay. Chuiatel is pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty good as the villain in another universe. Angel got canceled after one season, and Firefly got five seasons. And I want to live in that world. I also think that if Firefly existed today and got canceled, the fans would have made would make use of social media and get it picked up somewhere else. I absolutely hate how this movie ends with some cheap generic storms getting worse. We'll make it through dialogue. That's the end. Good night. I remember very similar feelings when I saw this of, man, this is great. I'm glad this exists. And also, man, I'm sad that it ends this yeah. way. You know, like it's just it's one of those movies where... I, I don't know. There's almost a there's a sadness to it. As much as I love Firefly, and as much as I think the movie is great, it's it's just there's a there's a weird bittersweetness to it that's hard to hard to put into words. I think this so. was a really fun movie to watch. I saw it opening night, and um, and most people that were in there were fans of the show. That was that's one of my most memorable theatrical experiences. Just everybody like because everybody laughing at the same moments, you know, like the character moments and mm-hmm. the stuff that we liked about the show. But yeah. I think I'm with you. I've seen this movie so many times, but I think it has more to do with I love the characters. I enjoy spending time with them more than I think it's like a great movie. Yeah. What but about- it's good. It's a it's a it's a perfectly it's a good movie. Um You're a Firefly fly fan today, right? Yeah. Somebody recommended it. Maybe it was you. I don't remember who recommended it to me. So then I binged it. So I I wasn't watching it whenever it was coming out. So it was already canceled by the time I got around to it. Nobody was. That's why it was canceled. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think there's some people that will say like, I was an original fan, you know, but, uh, and I think Jeremy's point is true. If uh, Firefly were to happen today, the social media support would absolutely be giving uh, people who produce these kinds of shows, the confidence to pick it up and continue to put money into it. 
Um, but I remember when I watched it, I was so in- intrigued and I was so excited and I wanted to see where it was going to go. Not even like the characters, will they, won't they stuff, but more like just the mis- the mystery of the world and, and the merging of, you know, sci-fi uh, space travel with Western. That was something that I don't think mm-hmm. I had seen so on the nose before. Like maybe there's been another type of a Westernish feel and I just didn't catch it. Uh, certainly episodes of um, Star Trek, my, my, my mom always loved to play Star Trek. That was kind of like one of the safe things that was always on the TV. And I'm sure there's episodes of that where they did kind of a Western-like thing. Yeah. But that's a different that's a different show. So as far as like spaceships in space, that was my only real kind of like growing up reference that I had. And so for me, Firefly was, it's, it's like a disappointing web comic that's really, really good. You love the characters, you love the writing, but it's too expensive for the artist to continue. And so they have to stop before it really ties up. And then I did watch the movie hoping that I had that let's tie this up feel. And I was pretty bummed by the movie. Like, mm-hmm. because I had just binged the whole show, I didn't need to see most of the stuff that was in the movie. It didn't really do a lot for me except for kill someone I liked. And that was... Welcome welcome to the world of Joss Whedon. Right? Yeah. yeah. But it was just a... It was, dis- it was a disappointing... It was a disappointing experience. And it's fine, but it was a disappointing experience. I wanted something that was, yeah. you know, gonna, gonna be something like, oh, that was really satisfying because this show should have gone on instead of you know what it was and i thought and we'll talk about this in the sin stuff but i thought jeremy uh or whomever wrote it did a really good job of pointing out how the title of this is even confusing and it just yeah it just didn't it didn't feel like it was what i wanted it to be so yeah and we got i wrote the title sin and we got crap for that because the reasoning and i actually knew this the reasoning was because of the ownership of the title was a different company than was making the movie so i guess they just didn't want to have to pay anything for it so they just retired right. it serenity but hmm. that doesn't make it any less of a sin in my opinion sure I mean, no i think it yeah. still stands i yeah, mean it's it still is valid. It, it, i think the i can't remember how it was worded maybe you can remember jeremy but it was like it would be like if a movie was called I, I Mission Impossible, but it was called mm. something else. IMF. 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 Yeah, and I thought that was a really good comparison. Oh um, yeah, and then the Star Trek. I said if Star Trek was called Enterprise, and then of course people were like, "Well, there's a show called Enterprise." Yeah, yeah I, I know. <laughs> yeah, we know those things. <laughs> um, yeah. But yes, so. once again, if I'm going to nitpick, you can nitpick me. I don't care. <laughs> Uh, we also had some just some general comments from uh, Twitter because I kind of asked people about their general ideas. If you want me to just read those real quick before we jump into the yeah, sin, we like throw it, throw it in. Um, Paul, let's see at Polly underscore Walnuts says the Serenity video didn't add anything I didn't already see flawed in the movie. I feel it was a great movie to begin with. It felt more like a video showing us the flaws we already knew were there, but didn't want to talk about it. And we should have had more of the show instead. So kind of like repeating what we said in a way. Um, and then I love this one from at rough shot says, I applaud your courage in sending serenity right after Avatar. <laughs> I can't think of two more rapidly loved shows in existence. Also more Avatar, please. <laughs> so, I loved that. Well, and if, then, you, if you if you like us doing the show, you could go back. We did the pilot of Firefly. That was one of our earliest. Uh, yeah, that yeah. was one of our first ones. Uh, at Jagged 2319 says, with serenity being sinned, does this mean Firefly can have a run? So you can go back and watch that pilot. Uh, and then he says, he or she says, I mean, there are only like 12 episodes total. I'm sad now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's kind of a fun. Yeah. yeah. It was a really fun show. I 
I really enjoyed the show and I really enjoyed the movie because I enjoyed the show so much. It's yeah. good you got to watch the show like you did, though, because one of the other problems with it was Fox aired a lot of Ugh. episodes out of order. Out of order. Yeah, yeah I, I yeah. read about that. Because, yeah, it was Aaron. Aaron, I'm pretty sure, the one that told me to watch this because I remember talking about it with you about mm-hmm. why it got canceled because I was so confused. And you explained that it was it was aired out of order, which is just crazy. Yeah, they totally didn't get the show. They aired it weirdly and out of order. And yeah, yep, that's what happened. Uh, all right, you ready to move on to the sins themselves? Let's do it. Jonathan, what do you got? Uh, oh, did you guys not want to go since you I worked on it? Oh, yeah, that's true. You wrote on this one. We should go first. I can go first. That's fine. Uh, purple, do it, Aaron. Purple, guys. Keep purpling. Uh, that was <laughs> one of the funniest things I've ever read and seen. <laughs> um, uh, wanted Granola and Matthew McConaughey, McConaughey showed up unexpectedly. Uh, that was amazing. Uh, immediately translating something in English uh, after you say After it, having a panic attack? After or having, exa- yeah, anxiety. <laughs> I love that. Uh, and then Wash's death with the, they all survive this, and then showing him get killed and being like, oh, I mean, that's just like horrible yeah. and awful and amazing at the mm-hmm. same time. Uh, it's mm-hmm. such a perfect way to do that. Uh, and then, yes, the other in- incidents of, of convenience, I think this time best friend of convenience uh, was <laughs> was really great. So, yeah, I loved a lot about this. Yeah, the de- Wash's death, though, I do. That was a, that was weird. I, I had written like a story. I, don't, I think at one point I wrote a sin removal and then it was like, I don't know that eventually I got to that place where I was like, Oh, we can do this riff on, uh, they all survived this. Cause I knew fans would want us to tackle that somehow. Yeah. Yeah. It had to be uh, in there. That's somehow. such a big scene. And I don't know that I really like that death because I, I like that Joss is not afraid to kill off his main characters, but I just don't feel like that death signified anything. Right. I mean, it, the, it doesn't yeah. really, I mean, it's certainly more realistic. You know, death is more like that in the real world. You know, yeah, comes out of nowhere. We're flying in spaceships and Mm -hmm. uh, fighting uh, reavers. It's not satisfying, that's for sure. No, Um, I liked the. uh, Why are they wasting bullets? There's a zero percent chance of the reaver ship with a pistol. (laughs) I like that one. Pointing out all of the candles and all of the. Got to point out the candles. Got to point out the candles, but also the curtains. There was many, many of them. <laughs> Wasn't the punchline in that like the the religion like this worships religion house worships fires. house fires? That's so Would, great. So funny. The whole noble as a grape thing. Just kind of taking that and being like, why not? Um, I think it's as honorable as a pigeon or honest as a rock because it just was silliness. Mm-hmm. The uh, advertisement soon to be released Serenity trading cards moment where you have a yeah. river kind of like floating in this sort of. <laughs> cool moment i like that and then pointing out that uh when people reminisce on serenity they never seem to talk about the plot point where kaylee has to skin her former friend's bodies and attach them to the ship (laughs) that was something i had never thought of until i was working on when i was writing this script i'm like that is that is dark like yeah i never thought about that either right i just and like yeah that's exactly what had to happen it was sort of nuts no, yeah, um, she had to like take the corpses and like skin them. I mean, I'm just, I just, I don't know. And then we mentioned it again when you know he's like, yeah. "This will be our darkest hour." Like, like yeah, what you about flash when back you to skin? it. Or is this? <laughs> yeah, that was super crazy. I loved that. Um, the main character taking off helmet without enough data to find out why there is breathable air. And uh, did anyone also forget Anara was still with them? Just me. <laughs> Carry on. Uh, and I think that was that was basically. Oh, oh, oh. No, at the very end, it was the. Uh, when they hook up and then it's like, oh, you, because her head <laughs> kind of comes down. down. <laughs> it's just such a funny use of the ah, oh, ooh, perfect. 
So I really and had I'm a good sure time. There are people that love the relationship of those two or the will they or won't they. I just found in this movie it didn't really make it didn't really need to be there. No, I'm but, with you. I'm with you on that. Yeah. The noble is a grape thing is a reference to a variety of grape. Uh, the noble grapes are uh, uh, a variety that is really important for wine. Uh, so. We can get on to Jeremy about that because he wrote that one. No, no, no. Sin's still great. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Get on to him about it. But that, um, that is... you guys mentioned, you guys mentioned like everything I had. But I will say the uh, the um, Jeremy wrote this one sin that like when I read it in the script, I was like, oh, that's funny. But then when I saw it in the video, it was just hilarious. And it was the I think the dreams are the best part of this movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's just this sin. I thought that was great. No, this was a really fun one to work on. Yeah, it's good stuff. Very good stuff. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Hey, podcast peeps, it's me again. Um. Mm-hmm. Those are my. Mm-hmm. Those are my. Uh. Every time I try to talk, wow! Is this how Aaron feels when we're okay? We're gonna try this. I just wanted to tell you about the survey again, which is at cinemasense.com/bts. So go fill it out. Uh, let's do it. Let's move on to the next segment, Keeping Tabs. The internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to bitch about movies and share pornography with one another. Ha ha! Oh, jeez. This is the most public yet of my many humiliations. We're each going to tell a story from putting together the week's content. Maybe Google search, some strange research, uh, what forms of grapes that we know, whatever the case may be. Uh, let's start with Danae. What do you got? Oh, oh! I searched papayin. I had to know what that shit was uh, from The Simpsons. 
Uh, he has this moment where the um, what's I can't remember his name in the show all of a sudden. Albert uh, Brooks, Homer, the the bad guy oh. in the Simpsons episode. He shows up at Homer's door, welcoming him to the neighborhood, and he talks about papayin mm-hmm. and how it's really good and it helps you to be strong. And something told me that wasn't correct, and so <laughs> I went and I looked it up. Um, which I love how you pronounce papayin. That's kind of cool, but it comes from the papaya plant, which apparently is freaking amazing fruit reminds me i need to eat more papaya uh papayin comes from the papaya and it it when you ingest it it helps to tenderize like it helps your digestion it helps you poop well that's like one of the things it does it helps you poop um it's been linked to help with ibs issues so i was like hell yeah that's awesome that's that's interesting so it helps you poop but also helps you not it, it helps. It helps to. It helps to make sure that you're not having the same. It, it does a, oh, like a it ton of stuff. It. Like if you Google papayin, like it's just it's like a magical fruit. The more you eat, the more you're <laughs> just kidding. Um, it is also like tenderizes meat, so it's used uh in like meat tenderizing products because it helps to kind of break stuff down. Anyway, it's really fascinating, and I find like there's magic in our food, people, and sometimes fruits can just blow your mind. It's like when the acai berry was blowing everyone's mind, but it's mm-hmm. really the papaya now. It's uh, also so. people don't know, but uh, papayin sugar is a euphemism for fellatio. Some people don't <laughs> don't don't understand when that. When she but... said papayin, I didn't find I thought, that. Oh, did she research the Harry Con- uh, the Harry Con- <laughs> the Harry Styles video? <laughs> The the article that I found is on healthline.com. And these are like, you know, it's like, what is papayin? And it has a description and then it has like all these bullet points. Um, it's been n- known to help ease sore throats, reduce pain and inflammation, aid in digestion, help to heal wounds and ease muscle soreness, relieve the shingles symptoms. Um, so obviously they've taken the papaya and they've done, you know, like there's powders that you can get that you can take papayin just by kind of itself or in like supplements. Um, and then if you go overboard or you have reaction, there's also side effects that include throat irritation and damage, which goes against what we, okay. Uh, esophageal perforation, stomach irritation and allergic reactions in general. So, you know, as with everything, don't go crazy on fruit just because it's fruit. Do your research. Listen to your body. I'll never forget um, the first time I ate too much pineapple and realized it had burned the inside of my mouth because it's so acidic. Yeah. And I, my mouth was not the same for like three days. And I was like, yeah. I, I just ate a bunch of pineapple. Like, what's the deal mm-hmm. here? Yeah. yeah. Excess is dangerous. Um, but I do want to say, as somebody who suffers from IBS, I really have been considering, I've been doing my research on a couple of poppy, like papaya products that are sold. And I've been reading reviews from people and just kind of how to take it since it's obviously like not a drug that you can go to your doctor for. Uh, so I may actually try one. And if it works, I'll... I'll let you know because the number one reason you come to the show is to learn about my IBS and whether or not I'm doing well. I was going to say, you and me and our, our all our different intestinal issues and stuff, we'd be fun roommates. Oh, yeah. We'd be like, so no one's come pooping. to our place. So much pooping. <laughs> Jonathan, what, what uh, poop-related research did you do uh, this week? Well, I, I, I researched cunnilingus. And, no, I did not. Um, I uh, There's a sin in Back... The only thing I could think of to talk about was there's a sin in Back to the Future Part 3 where... 
there's a there's a marquee listing of this movie, uh, The Atomic Kid. So I went through this. So I was like, would that like why would that be playing there? You know, in like this one theater town and everything. And so I went and I researched the movies that would have been out in 1955 and discovered that like that's a year I've oddly seen like just randomly a ton of movies from. <laughs> And it's like, what was that funny? That's just that's a that is a a random year to have seen a bunch <laughs> of movies from. Well, it is really for someone who wasn't alive at the time. I mean, Danae was, but I wasn't because um, <laughs> she's old. I'm uh, old. <laughs> no, but there's just all these movies that I really like from that year. Um, of course, Marty won Best Picture that year, uh, which is if you haven't seen Marty, you've probably seen you might have seen Quiz Show. Uh, that ends up being the big the answer there. Uh, the uh, what were the other big ones? A Night of the Hunter, the the Robert Mitchum film came out that year. Uh, Alfred Hitchcock had To Catch a Thief and The Trouble with Harry. Mm-hmm. Um, Bad Day at Black Rock, which is one of my all time favorite movies. Uh, really good Bogart thriller, The Desperate Hours. Uh, Les Diaboliques, which is one of the greatest thrillers of all time. Um, East of Eden, a really cool Frank Sinatra drama called The Man with the Golden Arm. Uh, Lady Killers, uh, which the Coen Brothers remade eventually. Uh, Kiss Me Deadly, which is a great noir. It came from Beneath the Sea, Lady and the Tramp, so Oklahoma, much. Uh, Rafifi, which is probably the all-time greatest uh, heist movie. Uh, the Seven-Year Itch is another one a lot of people like. I don't, but a lot of people do like that one because it's Billy Wilder and Marilyn Monroe. Uh, but yeah, no, I just thought it was cool. I was like, that's just not a year I've ever really had in my conscience as being like one of the top years. But then I started looking through it. I'm like, holy shit, there's a lot of great movies that came out this year. Yeah. Looks like there are a couple Martin and Lewis movies, too. You always got to throw mm-hmm. those in. Very nice. Uh, for me, I wrote on The Simpsons. So we talked about Maggie on the Scanner a little bit, but when I did the research, there's some obvious stuff that's you know been talked about with The Simpsons and different things. And the idea of the $847.63 is the monthly cost, cost. of yeah. raising a child at the time that they did the research which i thought was really interesting but it just we had it in the script originally i think and then mm-hmm. we can... I, I i did a sin about it but you cut it and you like you cut everything no it's oh, a... i'm sorry it was I'm in sorry. my script i'm fine I'm, I'm fine it's fine wasn't it i'm okay you're not okay just... you're hurting danae do you need <laughs> do we need some attention do we need a therapist do we do we need some uh podcast no, counseling we, we will in a minute because i'm gonna talk about that sin you cut and then we're gonna have to have, have a chat it Why? was uh, the the sin angle that I wrote for the scanner was something about like the cost of children and what it would be today and like comparison or something like that. But the <laughs> one that you wrote was like, why is this kid even able to be scanned? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. The thing I really wanted to mention, though, was the thing in the comments where people are like, no, when it scans, it says NRA forever. And it's like, okay, that was a one-time joke from the 138th Simpsons Spectacular that Matt Groening threw in just for lols. And now people are like, you know, messaging it like he's a big NRA nut, which if you know anything about Matt Groening, you know isn't true. Like that's not necessarily the side of the spectrum that that he lands on. So I don't think he likes anything. so. (laughs) So it's just, it's, it's one of those kind of urban legend things that is, actually true it was there one episode but is also not true because it was a joke so well, and they even did they even did that episode uh making uh where homer buys a gun i mean if anybody saw that episode i don't think they would believe right that, you know, yeah I right mean. anyhow uh yeah i just i that i just love the attention to detail that the simpsons put in those little things that just for a split second yeah. they actually had the monthly cost of raising a child at the time uh, that yeah. popped up there 
Simpsons is great. When did you quit watching The Simpsons, or have you are you still Me? watching it occasionally? I, yeah, I watch every episode. Oh, you still do? Yeah, yeah, I still watch oh, every nice. episode the week it airs. Yep. I keep thinking about jumping on that, like on Disney Plus, but I, it's probably going to be a minute. I got other stuff I got to watch. It, it goes through waves. Uh, it's this season was surprisingly good. It was a really good season. Um, look, I mean, mediocre Simpsons is is great television. So yeah, no, I just no, keep no, watching I'm it. Sure. I, I don't think I ever watched it on the regular. I mostly caught it when it started rerunning, like locally. You know, uh, we'd watch it in college and stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's good maybe, stuff. Maybe we maybe we were high. Not important. <laughs> So when do, when should I talk about the cut sin? Because I really just want to at least give it something. I want it to live somewhere, and it's got to live here on the show. Well, I, I would think this would be the segment, right? Okay. But you talked uh, about something okay. else, so you lost your chance. I mean, yes, there's so, nothing right, we can so do about that. No! I mean, fuck you, Popeye. That, that's not even the next. That's not even the next segment. I really like that. I like I like Popeye. That's a fun word to say. I know. That's why I keep saying it. <laughs> Go ahead, Danae. Talk about okay. mean, mean Aaron cutting your amazing sin. So I spent an hour writing this sin, and I'm not exaggerating. This is I actually drew a diagram. I had it all like I, I took um, a digital uh, world builder and like created all this stuff so I could just make sure that I knew for sure that I had this in the bag. So in this episode, it starts off with Smithers walking out of his door. Grass, no grass moment. He turns and he walks down the sidewalk and the limo goes along beside him and he just keeps walking. Well, because of the animation, as he walks, each like, he takes three steps, and the and that's the length of one of the squares on the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. And then, if you're listening to the audio, you can count how many steps he takes. He takes 44 steps during the limo chat, so that's about 14 total spaces that he walks down. Um, but then, whenever he stops and looks back, he's only moved a few feet from his house. And the reason that you can tell that is the distance from the house to a large building in the background. So, anyway, the long of it that I, I the reason it took me so long is how do I write all of this in one sin? Um, so you kind of just have to trust that I did the research on it to like make it work. But Aaron didn't trust it, so he cut it. <laughs> Stop it. There were two reasons I didn't think that we could do it. Number one is the proof of it. Like the, if the proof isn't there, it's hard to it's hard to visualize. The other part of it is I don't see it the same way you do. I don't think I don't think it looks like he's back where he started. Oh, I, I remember this back and forth now because I was somehow but, I was and this was and, also the script you lost, right? Oh God, yeah. Yeah, that happened too. <laughs> you put that, that put that awful. out of your mind. Yeah, I did block that. I totally forgot about that. Um, so anyways, there was a lot of sinning in that moment, a lot of continuity errors, but if he had walked all of those sidewalk tiles forward down the road, he would have been several houses away, but the way that it's shot, he's still basically right in front of his house where he began. So it, I mean, that's why I spent so much time trying to figure out the angle. Like I had it written to where it's like pointing all this stuff out, but it's just, it's such a bulky thing to prove. And at the Mm -hmm. end of the day, it's like. Is that going to be fun to do or is it? Su- I was so annoyed by it, though. I like it, it was like a dog on a bone. I could not I couldn't get it out. And I finally was like, OK, you know what? I'm going to cut out all of my proof and I'm just going to ask the audience to trust me. And then my writing partner didn't trust me. So. <laughs> <laughs> In general, when we face stuff like this, this is probably a good opportunity to talk about this. In general, if there is a, a disagreement on, you know, a sin that is provable or not provable, we usually cut it because it probably means that someone out there is 
you know, going to be feeling like, well, that's not yeah. true. That, we call that argumentative, Chris said right? Something like that to me early on. He's like, if you're, you know, if you're catching something, somebody else will. Yeah, we call those argumentative. The idea that the other side can be argued pretty clearly, and so if that's the case, we usually cut argumentative stuff. You know, <laughs> this is where you and I are going to have to sit down, and I'm going to have to walk you through this until you cave and agree with me, <laughs> and then. You write an apology. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I got this. I got this. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, yeah. Now that I think about it, Danae, Mm -hmm, you were mm -hmm. so right. We should not have cut that. I am so sorry. Dude. People's lives would have been so much better with that (laughs) sin in that script. I am am so sorry for that. That's right. Well, you know what? I apologize. I I will trust you next time. But it's just not the right timing right now. So appreciate you. Next time I will trust you. you. Next time I will Thank trust you. Thank you. Super appreciate that. <laughs> was that was that like your version of pickle ricking where you don't want to have counsel with me so you're just like... <laughs> Turn myself into a pickle? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to the comment section. I want to know what you're thinking. I appreciate your honesty. You're a real straight shooter. You are the ones who are the ball lickers. We're going to each talk about a comment that we liked from the videos. Uh, Jonathan, why don't you kick us off? Um, I, mine was really quick. Um, I just thought it was really funny. Somebody commented on, uh, not really funny, but I just thought it was interesting. Somebody commented for Rick and Morty. Uh, it was Bryce uh, said, we don't have Shonies where I live. So I assumed it was made up for the show as I had never heard of it before. And oh, to live your life, Bryce. <laughs> Oh, Jonathan, that is never had to experience Shoney's. That is amazing because my comment section is from uh, Mike Zeitgeist, who says, wait, Shoney's is a real restaurant. I've never (laughs) seen one in my life. (laughs) Their slogan used to be something too, like, maybe what was it? Something like uh, real American food or something like that. Maybe it still is. Those restaurants, like, I mean, Shoney's is basically Denny's ish which uh, some people don't have apparently and perkins which is another restaurant like that that yeah, some people have those are way better <laughs> like, i mean <laughs> it's one of those things just, i don't know um i'm trying to think of others you guys have village inn by the way i just found that out the other day village i love inn? village inn pie yeah, yeah it's their yummy. triple berry pie is why i am the size i am uh one <laughs> of the reasons at least uh yeah so it's it's interesting regional versions of things that we don't realize are regional a big boy is another one of those that yeah well the big boy and shoney's i think are owned by the same i think people. so like shoney's yeah shoney's used to use the big boy now they have like a bear or something uh yeah, yeah. big boy is a burger joint yeah it's interesting um my comment is from twitter at mr under uh, must mr collect underscore it says and this is a question for us hopefully you guys can think of something if you were a simpsons character what would your catchphrase be Hmm. Um, I'll start because I had a second to think about it. I think it's pretty easy. Go live life and do stuff. <laughs> would I'm good probably with whatever would be it. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, that's yeah. what I say all the time. <laughs> I'm good with whatever. It's Jonathan's for sure. Um, I have no idea. Fascinating. Would be fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we could just use our our regular catch, our quote unquote podcast catchphrases. There um, you go. Maybe eat my jorts um, instead of eat my shorts since I wear jean shorts sometimes. Or. Uh, some version of don't be uh would definitely be me as well. So you're gonna rip off somebody else's catchphrase? Sure, why not? That's what we do here. There you go. All right, let's move on to Beyond the Sins. To infinity and beyond. Somewhere beyond my wild history. To boldly go where no man has gone before. 
We're each going to chat about something else in the world of pop culture that we've experienced recently. Hmm. Who wants to go first? Danae? I'll go. Yep. Um, this one was inspired from at Doc Trancy on Twitter who asks, besides the Sinverse ones or any other one that you're a part of, if you could recommend a podcast, what would it be and or why? And so I've recommended many uh, on the show, but today I'm going to do one that's called Hello from the Magic Tavern. And I apologize if I've talked about this before, but I think something humorous would be really kind of fun right now. Um, I listen to a lot of different kinds of podcasts. Like if you're somebody who wants to listen to something that's like educational and really uh, interesting with how they um, do their editing. I would recommend like Radio Lab as an example because you can learn something and how they use audio to tell a story is really, really, really cool. I'll never forget some of the first Radio Lab episodes I ever listened to. Uh, one was about the mantis shrimp. If you want to go back into their catalog and listen to that one, just how they explain um, the how we see color and how the mantis shrimp sees color and they use a choir to do it is so, so cool. So that's like more educational and like everyday knowledge that you can sort of keep in your pocket for random conversation. But if you want like a humor podcast, um, I would recommend Hello from the Magic Tavern. Go back and listen to the first few episodes just to get a general sense of what's going on. But then it's all improv based. And one of my favorite parts of this podcast is uh, listening to them be so improvisational that they start to kind of crack each other up and try to hold it together, which always makes me laugh. So it's a mood lifter for me. And so if that's something that you might need, um, listening to people be ridiculous in their imagination about um, being these people in this other world uh, and then having guests on that are all just sort of trying to crack each other up and tell a random story and keep track of all of the bullshit that they make up as they go uh, is to me, one of the highlights of my podcast feed, and I have a lot, a lot of podcasts that I could recommend, but those are the two that I uh, can think of right off the top of my head. And so those are my, that's my Beyond the Sins recommendation for this week. I've, these days, that, that sounds beautiful these days. I've listened to uh, an episode of Hello from the Magic Tavern, and it is definitely tweaks that improv part of me that I love. I think I talked about Middle Ditch and Schwartz on here a while back, and it's kind of that same thing where it's just like listening to people try to keep track of the things they've made up and stay consistent with it is really fun. So Yeah, yeah totally. it is really fun. It is fantastical. Like the Hello from the Magic Tavern, it is like that D&D-esque type feel where it's, you know, like the characters are like a, a wizard and you know, things like that. But the, the, the improvisational part is when they interview a flower and the flower has a, a really bad potty mouth. So and, and the guests that they have coming on to the show really just sprinkle it with some excitement so i they have consistent people on the show every week and then they have a guest every week and it's all from this magical tavern uh but the premise is really cool because it's the idea that a person from earth fell through a portal into this alternate reality and is is podcasting from the alternate reality while he's stuck there from a magic tavern where he's interviewing the guests so he's trying to figure out this world by talking to people. And so the improvisation is fun because they'll make stuff up and then they try to remember it all. Um, and they're really, really good at it. And it's really fun. So I recommend that one. 
What do you got, Jonathan? Um, I've recently gotten on a Psycho franchise kick. Um, uh, a podcast I listen to called The New Flush. Shout out to The New Flush, I guess. Uh, they have started covering the franchise, and I was like, I haven't seen Psycho in a while. So I rewatched the original, and then I'm like, well, I'm going to go ahead and watch. I guess I'll watch the sequels. And um, so I mainly wanted to talk about Psycho 2 and 3. I haven't I haven't rewatched 4 yet. But um, I feel like this is a franchise. I, I feel like this is a movie that Psycho specifically, where I talk to a lot of people people that have said that they just haven't even bothered to see the sequels. I have talked to younger people that don't even know there are sequels. Uh, they think there's just Psycho and then maybe they know about the remake. Um, real quick, have you seen the sequels, Aaron, at all? Nope. Okay. Um, for me, it's I'm for gonna... me, it's just because Hitchcock didn't do them. So it's, you know. Yeah. Um, and I mean, maybe I won't change your mind, but I will say this, like rewatching these. Um, I've seen Psycho 2 quite a few times. I think Psycho 2 is borderline great. Um, it's nowhere near as good as Psycho. Don't get me wrong. But uh, the director, Richard Franklin, he's an Australian director, very talented guy, unfortunately passed away way too early. Um, and uh, the writer, Tom Holland, who would go on to do Fright Night, Child's Play, among other things. They are huge Hitchcock fans, clearly. And they they um, it's really interesting reading interviews with them because they talk about how when this was something they got offered at first, they were just like, hell no. But then they started thinking about it and they started coming up with some ideas. And, you know, they basically took the approach that critics are going to hate us. Uh, you know, diehard Hitchcock fans are going to hate us. So we're just going to do, uh, you know, the best thing we can. And, it, and originally it was supposed to be a TV movie. Um, they didn't have Perkins initially, so that was part of it. But even after they got Anthony Perkins on board, they were still going to make it a TV movie. But then when Universal announced that they were doing it, there was so much excitement uh, from, from, I guess, just, you know, people in America that they were just, they, they got, uh, Tom Holland and, um, uh, Richard Franklin were able to talk them and universal into giving them a little more money. And they released the theater. It was a hit. Um, and it was a lot of the people were just like, wow, that was actually good. Or that was actually better than I thought it would be. And, um, I still, you know, that was 83. So this is what, 37 years later. Um, it really does hold up. The main thing that works in it is that they set it literally the 22 years after it comes out, they set it that far in advance. And like, he's just getting out of the mental and he's just getting out of the hospital. He goes back to his house, which I found that that's a really odd plot point that you just kind of have to go with because I don't think anybody would send him back to that fucking house. But um, there's a myth. There's a, there's a mystery at the center of it because you don't know, and I'm not going to give it away for people that haven't seen it. You don't know whether or not killings start back up but you don't know whether or not it's Helm or if it's somebody else. And there's also this whole, like, this real interesting... So there's a really cool mystery. It's actually really suspenseful. Um, you know, Psycho wasn't a slasher film because slasher films didn't exist yet, but it did kind of create a lot of the tropes that slasher films would borrow uh, later on. Psycho 2 is not really a slasher film, but it definitely pays... Uh, it definitely kind of shines a light on slasher films of the time, and it does have a couple of moments that are similar to slasher films. So that's kind of an interesting aspect to it. Um, I also like that um, they do this whole thing where Perkins, uh, where Norman Bates... Um, you're not sure if it's him or not, but at the same time, there's this whole underline that there are people, let's just say there are people that are trying to, uh, get back at him. And there are people that are trying to put him back into the hospital. And so you kind of get the idea that like, it gotta be, it kind of gets almost sad, uh, because you're just like, well, what if he is better, you know? And then these people are just like, you know, it's like a person trying to get over a drug addiction or something. And then people, you know, pull them right back in. Mm -hmm. Uh, so there's a lot in and, and, and Anthony Perkins, it's like he never left. I mean, he's 
he's so good. <laughs> and I mean, just nails it. Um, Psycho 3, not as good. Um, Psycho 3 is definitely more in the vein of a slasher film. But it's still really interesting because uh, Anthony Perkins actually directed it. Uh, it's a really kind of, it's a batshit movie in a lot of ways. Like it opens up in a nunnery. And uh, it's it, it's very odd. It's a very odd movie. but um, And it's a little sleazier. Uh, than the first two, but I still, I don't know, there's something about it I still really like. So I, I really, I genuinely recommend those movies. If if you're if you're a Psycho fan that has just kind of stayed away from them, I think you should give them a shot. Uh, I think you'll be really uh, interested. Uh, I, I think you'll find them better than you would imagine they would be. And uh, and if you just didn't know they existed, here, here you go. So I don't know. I just felt like uh, shining a light on those because I feel like they kind of get thrown in the midst of all the 80s horror movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, you know, it, they're, there's something else going on there with them, I think, that's interesting. Uh, a lot of it has to do with Perkins. Um, the fact that he decided to keep playing the role. If they had, like, recast that role, I don't think they would have worked. I know because there's apparently there were rumors that Christopher Walker was being considered for oh, part wow. two if they couldn't get Perkins. Um, but I think after watching the remake, it's pretty obvious that it's it's really you can't watch a Psycho movie without him. I just don't think it works. Mm-hmm. Well, it uh, that wasn't the only problem with the remake, and I like Vince Vaughn, but I, that's a that's part of it. I think. Well, I mean the the original he he was so good in the original he mm-hmm. didn't get any other parts. He would you know he typecast himself so so much in that, um, and he's a great actor. And it's just he you is. know it's kind of one of those it's careers that you wonder if he had done other stuff first, how that would have yeah. been different. Well, um, and even when it's really interesting, especially like in the seventies and eighties, when they when they when he would be in stuff, they would almost always have some sort of psycho reference he had to deal with. There's right. Like a, I don't even remember the movie, but there's a movie where he plays a director, and he's not even the main main character in the movie, but he plays a director, and the film he's working on, he has to direct a shower scene. I mean, it's just stupid shit like that. Yeah. Uh, he has a really talented son too. Uh, I think is worth mentioning. Oz Perkins. He directed the Hansel and Gretel movie that just or Gretel and Hansel uh, was in the movie. Movie Legally Blonde, uh, and interesting, and his career. family uh, started a, yeah. a chain of restaurants, not unlike Shoney's, uh, called Perkins. So you know, there's <laughs> there's, there's that as well. Uh, I'm going to talk about Artemis Fowl on Disney Plus, which just how came did you out. already see this? I'm a critic. I have special privileges. I have special privileges. Um, yeah, no Disney Is Plus. It terrible. Disney Plus sent me a, a screening uh, link, and so and, yeah, I, and 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 it's awful. It's really bad. Mm. Um, which I think a lot of people were kind of worried about. <laughs> I just I, heard that sound from. Oh, what's that game show? Uh, Price is Right. The womp womp womp. Like yes. womp 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 womp. Have yeah. you read the books today? What's that? Have you read the books today? No. Okay. Neither have I, and I should I should state that as well. Um, it's the kind of bad that is disappointing because there's promise there. It really, to me, felt a lot like Wrinkle in Time. Do you remember Wrinkle in Time? Mm-hmm. Um, Wrinkle in Time. We is one- send that. What's that? <laughs> we send that. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. We did. Yeah. yeah. That movie is awful. That's a bad mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. But it's just, it's sad that it's a bad movie because there's talented people involved. There's a world there that could be very interesting. And just mm-hmm. for whatever reason, it never locks into what could make that movie great. And Artemis Fowl feels the same way to me. Uh, there There's a lot of 
conceptual stuff that I dig. I kind of I love the Irish accents. I love that it takes place in Ireland. You know, I just I, I love some of the creature work. Um, but man, it's bad. It's just really bad. If you ever wanted to know what Olaf would sound like if he tried to do Batman voice for an entire movie, oh no, have I got the movie for you? Uh, oh no. <laughs> so Olaf doing a Batman voice. That's something I that I have to see now. <laughs> I haven't seen the movie, but, um, and this is, is this what they talk about? Is this the first episode of the writer's room for Sif Pop? Do you guys, do I see that? Yes. Yeah. They they chatted about their their opinions of it. Yeah. Um, but I will say reading the, I have read most of the books. Um, and I will say that actually, I think I've read all of them, but I, I will say that one thing I'd noticed in the trailer versus reading the books is in the books, he is a villain. Is, I is mean, he? like he, he is not a good kid. And oh. it looked like in the movie, they kind of Disney fight him. Oh, for sure. He's the hero. Where he's more of like, at the, at the, at the best, he's an, I mean, he's kind of, I guess he is an anti-hero in the book in a way, but he's still, I mean, he's pretty much a full-on villain and the hmm. book kind of explores him becoming more of a villain um despicable me reminds me a little bit of artemis Fowl, like as far as that's you know, if it was interesting because there's a line that really confused me toward the ends of towards the end of the movie like right at the end of the movie where he says something about being a super villain and i was like what are you talking about yeah like it made no sense to me yeah and that's what's so cool about the books and i think that's why the books were popular because it was something very different you know like that's not something you read in kids literature a lot uh and it wasn't afraid to go to those dark places with his character i mean it's still like you know they're fun but uh it didn't look like it looked like the movie was not doing that at all and so that that i can't imagine fans of the books are going to like the movie if that's the case um i completely changing yeah i i did not character i did not like this this movie um and and i i wish i did i wish i did because i i really did enjoy the world should have watched psycho 2 and psycho that's right i should have (laughs) it's been much much more edifying you're absolutely (laughs) right oh well that's gonna do it for behind the sins this week Don't forget to make sure you are subscribed and go ahead and leave a comment or rating as well. Hang out with us on Twitter. I'm at Aaron Dicer. She is at Danae Says. D-E-N-E-E-S-A-Y-S. And he is at Sam Loomis 13. So for Jonathan Watkins, Danae Hughes, and myself, I'll say I'm sorry, and we'll see you next week. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Send any feedback to BehindTheSinsPod at gmail.com and be sure to subscribe or message us at Twitter and be sure to visit CinemaSins.com. We got some forever stamps like, I don't know, four years ago. We don't, we just don't mail anything anymore. And you haven't used them in forever. Yeah, exactly. That's why they call them forever stamps. I don't even know how much stamps are right now. I think basically in order to keep the U.S. Postal Service going, stamps are now a kidney, I think is what you need to pay for one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm only seven minutes late. Ooh, seven <laughs> minutes. <laughs> have you just been kind of doing them when you get them, or do you have to do like a certain time of day, or do you wait for your voice to get you? I think you seem to sound the same no matter what time of day it is, though. Eh. You know what I've noticed <laughs> is my sin my sin reading gets better about a third of the way into my read. And <laughs> I I think I either need to figure out how to find that at the beginning and not like rev into it. Or I need to circle back around and do the first third of the script again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Hello, Danae. We can see you. Uh-huh. Hi. You look really excited. <laughs> Yeah, I'm super excited that my brand new computer is not working. Very exciting.
your recording studio looks really I, nice. Uh, I can I, it's cleared off enough that I can oh. see the beware of attack turtle sign, which is always a, a, a good sign. <laughs> yeah, I'm really enjoying putting up my personalized stuff everywhere in my office. So yeah, that that sign I've had since I was like 12. My beware hmm. of attack turtle sign. And it's just like one of those things that I've had in my drawers as keepsake. Now I'm getting in all those keepsakes and pulling them out and, and sticking things up. In fact, over here I have another cool one. Here, I'll show it to you. One of those. Nice. It says, keep smiling even though you're swamped. And it has Kermit on it. And it makes me so happy because sometimes I feel swamped, but he makes me smile. So I have it in my little, <laughs> you know, you know maybe I should put uh, it right here so you guys can see it. Kermit yeah, the Frog, by mm -hmm. definition, has a cloaca. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and you can get your shirt right now at <laughs> cinemasin.com. Just click on the store. Uh, How are you hanging that stuff up? With magic. Uh, I'm a spellcaster. Oh, Did you already have nail holes up there? No, I'm just using like those old tacks. Just use thumbtacks. Just poke them into the wall. That'll work for a clock? It's that a really, really inexpensive light clock. Oh, gosh. If that clock had any comedic, comedic timing, it would have fallen right then. Shut up. Don't encourage <laughs> it. Oh, and here's the other one. This one has a cute little bunnies on it that says, love makes your tummy tickle. Oh. It's just, which is actually a little That's... bit bullshit. Guys, I played Dungeons and Dragons last night, and uh, my character super almost died. Can I tell you about it real quick? Okay, cool. I know we have so much time. So one of the people in our party polymorphed into a giant ape who has intelligence of negative two. And so he was pulling on this rope to get this treasure we had found because it was really heavy. We couldn't lift it. So he turned into an ape who was super strong to be able to pull up the treasure. And he's doing a great job. He gets the treasure up. We're super happy. And then the, the, the ape got mad. Um, and was like kind of like defensive. And so the DM, who's in charge of the game, basically says that the guy who's, who's playing the character that turned into an ape needed to roll the dice and see if he was smart enough to understand what was going on. And he rolled really, real bad. So essentially, because he was an ape and not able to like get to his senses, he attacked us, his friends, and literally almost killed everybody in the party. It was like, what a horrible way to die. There's a really good chance that my character is never going to make it. I understand that. I've already made peace with the fact that, like, my character is probably going to die and, like, all that stuff. But to die by your own party member who turned into an ape that lost his temper, that's a terrible ending. Well, today I, I am sorry that one of your friends turned into a really dumb ape and almost killed you. Thank you. It was really traumatizing. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm sorry, Danae, my mind wanders. I did. I was not diminishing what you were saying about your... I'm, I'm sorry that you almost died. I, I already tweeted about it, so I feel better. Twitter makes the whole world better, right? So, but, you just, but, I mean, <laughs> it's, but I mean, you don't really die, so... So uh, you're, you guys are the fourth and fifth person I've tried to tell my D&D story to who literally just kind of like ignored it and kept doing something else. <laughs> no, no, I didn't ignore it. it just... You know how we talked about dreams? You know, people don't want to hear your dreams mm -hmm. last week. Or your um, spreadsheet was, stories. Or your spreadsheet stories. <laughs> I'm like, maybe D&D is like that. You know, maybe the adventures no. of my character just aren't that interesting. And I tried to tell you really succinctly and quickly. Like, I left out so much stuff, you know? No, like, I'm just I'm like, just really rude. I didn't tell you about my, my Drake that was also attacking. And I didn't tell you, like, you know, that my friend has is wearing a cursed necklace right now. Yeah. And that's crazy. And, you know, like... And then after he didn't, after he wasn't an ape anymore, we hogtied him and put a gag in his mouth because we didn't trust him. And we all had to have a come to Jesus conversation about telling each other before we turn into apes. <laughs> <laughs> 
I just think there are things in our life that some people won't connect to in the same way that we do. And we've had oh, that conversation sure. with movies. I'll go off on oh, a movie and you'll glaze over or start playing a game I on your phone. I never do or... that. What are you talking about? <laughs> I never come back and say I wasn't listening. I'm not that person. <laughs> Cue up. T- ten years of recorded audio evidence <laughs> that you oh are God. indeed that person. Shall we do the show? Let's do it. That was like me a couple years ago when I yeah. when I died, and then I was like, then I got I rolled a natural twenty, and now I was like super not dead. Yeah, it's exactly <laughs> like that. Only your situation's way more important than mine. <laughs> Don't make me shove my elbow in your pear forest. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park